Bujou, Tansegia. Hey, how are you? It's Smudge for Your Thoughts. With Kahiasis. And Zosha. So today we have the pleasure of speaking with Dante Bisgrayson. Um, really, really awesome conversation we had with him. He is has a lot going on, um, a lot of talents and a lot of success in his life. Um, he's an artist, poet, you know, designer or fashion designer, a uh, combat veteran. Anyway, we'll talk about it in the episode. I won't give too much away. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should definitely listen to this. He has some good points about uh, uh, different topics. And I mean, he gives his perspective on uh, what uh, it means to be Osage. Uh, anyway, listen to this episode. And we hope we hope you enjoy it. We know we, you'll enjoy it. We hope. We know. We know. Okay. All right. All right. Well, welcome to a smudge for your thoughts. Um, we'll start off our first step or our first, uh, question with, uh, what is your name? Uh, where are you from and how do you identify yourself? Uh, your tribe, nation, band, citizen of, uh, Dante Bis Grayson, uh, from the Osage nation, uh, out of Oklahoma. Uh, it's near Tulsa. Got a, a little over a million acres there for our tribe. And, uh, I'm Eagle clan. And I'm also a first son, which is Waseata. Um, that's my, uh, Osage name, which means first son of the Eagle Clan. Also a veteran, uh, did seven combat tours overseas, so identify with that. Um, also part European, so spent a lot of time. Um, my first tour was actually in Italy, so I identify with that as well. But yeah, um, I'm also a federal employee. I work on the Navajo Nation uh, and have been dealing with the uh, response to the uh, COVID pandemic. So uh, also an artist and a fashion designer and a poet and just stay busy with uh it's like healing for me so yeah that's me uh what do you do for a li- it sounds like a lot but um so like yeah. what do you do you know and you already said it but like for a living passion and hobby like tell us about you know what you delve into what you do Sure. Um, I mean, just to like, kind of touch on a few items, but um, I'm uh, the owner of uh, Sky Eagle Collection, which is a uh, fashion line, and it's uh, fashion as advocacy. It's uh, inspired by my daughter, Ella Sky Eagle. She's two years old, and uh, basically, I spent a bunch of time overseas um, in Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, uh, a lot of search and rescue and response and fire protection. So real busy there and then came home, had a, had a really bad bout with PTSD, still kind of deal with all that. And uh, it's kind of, uh, I branched out, found my, uh, I used to paint before I went in the military. So I started doing that and then started, I always wanted to do um, fashion, some, you know, design um, some different items. So I found out about the uh, missing murdered indigenous women's epidemic uh, that's happening, uh, you know, uh, for impacting native peoples. So I kind of looked at my daughter, said, hey, you know, I'm all about protecting her and how do we protect her and how do we protect all of our other uh, people within our tribe? So the idea was to 
you know, design these skirts. Their ribbon skirts are, you know, big medicine. They, they give, you know, they empower women. They, uh, they give you resilience, pride, strength. And so I named my whole line after that. And um, my first line I came out with sold out immediately. Uh, it was super quick. And um, so we started, uh, you know, donating to like National Indigenous Women's Resource Center, sovereign bodies, um, different groups, uh, just to help them out because they're the ones who, you know, need funds to, you know, go to DC, write legislation. They're actually doing, you know, actual action, you know. And I mean, I, all I have, you know, is, you know, you can use, you know, art and design for action. And, and it's actually really helped, you know, it's gotten the word out there as far as, you know, um, you know, we're, we're like working with uh, noise. It's out of Oklahoma as well. So it's, it's one of those deals that's just like kind of took off on its own. So that's just one of the, the facets that I've been I've been dealing with. And nice. my other jobs are kind of, I mean, my, my full-time job, I'm a federal employee and I don't, I don't want to get too far into that, but <laughs> basically um, uh, oversee, uh, you know, a healthcare system for the COVID response. I'm the incident commander there. And that just grew from my experience um, overseas, leading people, you know, leading organizations, leading uh, missions, that type of thing. And uh, I also have a master's degree in emergency management. So wow. that helped out. It helps pay the bills. That type yeah. Of yeah. Dang. You are very accomplished. <laughs> um, really quick. I know you don't want to delve into it too much. Um, what is an incident commander like do? What does the boss? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. it's basically, it's, uh, you know, you have different uh, levels of uh, you got emergencies, you have disasters, you have catastrophes, right? It all depends on the amount of resources, complexity, and time it takes to mitigate and resolve those uh, emergencies. So I picture it as, okay, you got a cat in a tree, you can take care of it within an hour, right? And then it goes progressively more uh, complicated. So then we build teams. So this is a type one emergency, which is the most complex you can have. Uh, a lot of it goes into planning, long-term planning, uh, short-term planning. What are our goals in the, the cycles of each shift, 12-hour shifts, one-week shifts, one month at a time? And we had plans that we built all the way up until next year, you know, on how we respond to this. Then we look at how to recover, you know, like, hey, we got this new normal. Uh, we have logistics is a big issue. Operations is a big one. Uh, intelligence, it's all about, you know, just gathering, putting people where they're at. So incident commander is overall responsible for the life of every single person on that response. So yeah, the boss, but also the leader to inspire, to get people back to where we're, we, we, we want to get out of the, the emergency. We want yeah. to finish the emergency. So that's what the incident commander is uh, tasked with. Wow. A lot of responsibility. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you for explaining that. Cause I didn't know exactly what it entailed. Um, so anyway, though, um, Back to the skirts, I want to ask you about, um, mm -hmm. so you were saying that it has made a pretty big impact, like art as activism or art as advocacy. Um, mm -hmm. What uh, ways has it helped uh, or make an impact so far? Well, so I, I know mean, you put so the handprint, like the handprint is a part of like, what is the advocacy, right? The art right, right. That. And yeah. that, that speaks to, you know, the, the, the red hand as, as those that we lost and, you know, those are the who we're still looking for, that type of thing. So different facets there again, it's, um, I mean, just the, the looking at the analytics of it, uh, the, the word, the message from the, the posts that I've made, the, the websites, uh, I mean, we've exceeded like half a million views and, and I mean, a lot of interaction and all that. So the outcome of it, um, it 
very, very useful. A lot of people come to us and say, hey, you know, like, can we help out, whatever. And so, and I'm always super helpful. Like I've donated a lot of skirts for like fundraisers to these groups. And um, the other one is individuals, you know, um, some people just written to me and they're like, hey, I can't afford it or hey, this. And I'm like, hey, have one, you know, and, and they write back and then it's like, hey, this is something that really helped them. Uh, either get to the next step in their life or however they, uh, wherever they're at. So it's it, for me, it's really good medicine. I mean, it's, it's commercial on its, itself. So it's kind of like a fine, fine balance there because uh, there's a lot of people out there that took the MMIW and ran with it and just started keychains and all this little tchotchkes and all this. And it's like, you know, you, you got to give back. You, you have to give back for, for one of these issues. Um, so I have no problem doing it because it, for me, it's just like a it was just kind of, I fell into it. It was just a quick few designs that I made and then I started making the process and it kind of blew up. So I'm, I'm happy to give back a whole lot. Um, the, this line, I created a new, um, new project called the 400 ribbon skirt project. Yeah, I was going to ask so, you about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think that's a really, I don't know. It's, it's 400 ribbon skirts. I'm going to design them. We're going to make them. And then it's on the model of the four directions. So, uh, we're going to, once we finish those, like 10% of all of, you know, sales are going to be going to this and a lot of people have donated. So it's, it's, it's really good, but those skirts are going to go to DV shelters, women's shelters on reservations. So, I mean, if you look at the numbers, uh, you know, health outcomes and reservations are really hard hit. You know, I, I've been deployed to some really bad areas in Afghanistan, Syrian border, Pakistan border, these villages, you know, the economic impact is so huge and it's very comparable to, you know, what happens on Native American reservations, you know, here in Canada, or the United States. It's, it's one of those ones, it's just, you know, like it has to be addressed. So I, I think getting those skirts, uh, you know, a long time ago, I was homeless too, you know, like way back when, and it was like, it sucks. So just a small gift or a small bundle of medicine to somebody who's in a hard spot I think it would help them. So the idea is like once they finish whatever their treatment or as they're getting released and they start looking for jobs, well, it'd be nice to have a really awesome skirt in my mind, you know, and be like, here you go. Like, I think that's going to give you that little, you know, hey, I got these skirts and I can go get a job and, you know, I have a little bit of strength and pride for myself. So that, that was the idea right there. So I'm pretty uh, happy with that project because it's again, it's just like, hey, advocacy art, art can take you other places, you know, yes. and design that type of thing. So I love that. That's a really great project that you've got going. Um, I think that's really important, like, you know, helping people just get a leg up because that can mean a lot like the what you uh, if you have something nice to wear, like you said, go to interviews when you're out of those kinds of treatments or treatment places or when you get out of the uh, like a homeless shelter or DV shelter, you know, that's really great to have. So um, just a little leg up. I like that. Me too. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, now you did, uh, I mean, I, I don't want you to like, uh, talk too much about it, but, uh, um, I, cause I want people to go out there and do some research themselves, but you touched on a missing and murder in indigenous women. Now, uh, a lot of our listeners won't know what that is and, uh, that it is don't know uh, even that it's going on yeah, yeah. It's, there's a i mean it's really sad that they don't know that that's going on but i mean it, it's huge and it's been going on for so long but can you uh touch a little bit on that and like just tell us what it is and what's going on sure i mean that, and that's a great point i mean that's one of the reasons why i'm doing this is for the sky eagle project is to 
get more awareness, awareness and action. I mean, those are two simple, simple words, but it takes a lot to get that out there, to get the message out there. So um, on reservation being hard hit economically, uh, socioeconomics, um, certain areas women are missing. They, they're getting kidnapped, they're getting murdered. And it was one of those ones that in certain areas, like up north, uh, there's a lot of man camps and the oil fields and all this, where, I mean, I've been there and I've worked around big oil, you know, Oklahoma Osages are, you know, the definitive is oil. I mean, we, we got murdered back in the thirties because of it and all the way up into 1980s because of it. So it's just one of those tragic, tragic issues, but it slowly creeped in there where, you know, there was no, there's no passport when you're on a reservation, when you leave, there's no accountability and there's census yes but you go into some of these these reservations like i'm in the middle of the navajo Na nation you know like do, do we know where everybody is is there a system out here not necessarily so somebody could go missing and definitely murdered and there's not resources to either look into it or to find the people or you know it's kind of an issue like for instance navajo nation is like the size of west virginia right and you would think that you know, um, I talked to the police chief. He says, we need, I don't know, eight, 900 people, 800, 900 officers to cover this amount of land. I was like, all right, chief. So what do you got? And he's like, well, we got 200. So, you know, and that's like probably part of them are like admin, not everybody's out there on patrol. So it's kind of literally the wild, wild west. And it goes all the way up into Canada where, where these are, where the, where, I don't know. It's like, Border towns. There used to be a big issue, and there still is with border towns, the culture of border towns. And it's just this, it's where physically these two cultures meet. And the whole mentality, I mean, you got to realize only a few decades ago that there was segregation in America. And people were like, here's your white bathroom, here's your black bathroom. So Native Americans were like, I don't know which one I'm supposed to go into, right? Where do I fit in, into this whole racist scheme? You know, like, it was even, we were, it was like a caste system in India where even Native Americans were the lowest of the low, like we were like dogs. So that mentality out there, that whole, I don't know, I hate to say like oil field industry still, still encourages or still attracts this mentality that Native American women are, are lesser than human. And, and it's, mm -hmm. I don't know, so it's, it's pretty uh, yeah. rough. It's, yeah, no, I understand. It's really hard to talk about without getting like a sick feeling right. in your stomach um, yeah. um so that's basically it and the numbers show i mean i, mean, I don't have them in front of me but i mean there's there's it's it's, a, it's an epidemic you know yeah. and it should be managed as such and it goes into my disaster management mode you know like yeah the, the epidemic of alcoholism on the reservations this this epidemic of these women getting murdered and nobody's doing nothing yeah. you know what i mean so it's, uh, I know some legislation recently has been passed in America to, you know, hey, we got a task force and we're going to be going out there, that type of thing. So it just needs consistent messaging out to the right people to get the word out so that we can do action. That's the other mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What are we going to say, Jesus? Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely want to uh, uh, encourage people to go out there and find out more information about this. And um, do you provide some of this information on like your website or uh, where, where do you, where, where do you push people to go to, to like uh, get more information about this? The uh, national indigenous women's resource center for me, I found is a really is the central, they have a really good database and really academic, the, whoever's managing that whole program. 
I've worked with them a little bit and donated here and there. We've done okay. uh, some projects, but they've got a resource library on there that okay. is basically where you're at, what you need. If you want information on legislation, if you need to push for those areas, uh, your local areas, any type of resources related to the issue, you know, and I, I think that's a great one. It's a good network. And then from there, you can leapfrog into the other different groups. Hmm. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for that information. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I see, uh, on, in the background that you have all these skirts and like your, your handprints and everything. Can we, uh, can you just like show us around we'll show us what's, what's going on back there and what, what, uh, what you're doing? Yeah. Um, uh, it's on a desktop, so I'll have to bring it. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, you don't have to, yeah. Bring. Oh, I'll just show you. Thing. Um, cool, like this cool. right here, I don't know if you can see, this is my, part of my installation that I did. Nice. Yeah. There we go. There, yeah. Uh, nice. I'm taking this to a museum next week. Nice. And then it, you can't really see it, but it has bob wire on it. And then okay. With all the, the prints of the, the missing posters. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's I'll powerful. You, I'll show you the one that basically started it all. Okay. So, like this one right here. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. You can see. And that's the red hand. And the idea on these ones is uh, the four color schemes of the four directions. Okay. And uh, for me, that just brings real, real good medicine as far as, uh, uh, you know, when I design these. So that's the idea there. Awesome. That's the, like, like, that's the whole line, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. They're beautiful. Uh, I really love, I love the, uh, like the ones that are really graphic. Um, and then I also really love the ones with the really nice, nice lace overlay. Yeah, yeah. Those ones are beautiful too. That was named after Ella, who was my daughter. Oh, nice. So, like her name, her full name is Ella Sky Eagle, and then that yeah. series is actually Ella. Okay. So it's, um, and my wife, she's from uh, Bali, Indonesia. Oh. So we go over there a lot, and that's where I find, you know, uh, we, we have a lot of lace and like different suppliers. Because um, some of this lace is pretty hard to find, you know, it's like real vintage and antique, but. Yeah, I just start with the, you know, writing down just rough concepts. Like, um, like I do a lot of poetry too. So, like, as an example, um, one of the poems I'm designing the material um, onto the skirt material, and then it'll be written word in like the constitutional font, that type of thing. And it's about a MMIW case. Um, so then, once I get there, then I work on it on the computer, basically to fine, fine tune it. And then uh, once it's ready to be released, then we uh, we we make we make it. So I can't wait that's, to see that one. Really cool. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Uh, and um, now you did say uh, that you've always wanted to like be a designer. What what uh, inspired you to start doing this uh, designing? I know that you you touched on it a little bit, but uh, could you explain a little bit further on that? Well, um, I grew up in the Southwest art uh, world. My uh, my parents were, were pretty well known. They're past now, but you know, they were painters and sculptors and that type of thing. So uh, before I went into the military, I studied in Holland and Amsterdam at a really nice academy there and just kind of really delved into the world of art. And in the world of art is the world of fashion, you know, and it's one of those ones I've always just had a keen eye on um, kind of like the Renaissance, to be honest, you know, like it's like that those designs, those patterns, and then some of the classic paintings um, in the Renaissance, you know, touched on some of, uh, you know, like people, it's day to day what they were wearing, but a lot of times that would be also a bit of fashion there. So, you know, I'm a classically trained like painter and moved into expressionism. 
I kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's that that's my therapy, you know, basically to as much as I'm staying busy with it, it's like one of those things like I mean, a shark quits moving and then you die, you know, like I have to create, you know, it's my platform and, and, and my therapist says I should, you know, so um, <laughs> it's one of those deals. Um, and then I branched out. I just kind of, um, you know, I, I really like the, the concepts, the design, you know, and, um, and seeing, cause for me, like I have tons of sketchbooks and just ideas keep on going. So there's different platforms for different ideas, you know, and like I started going into like digital 3d projections, and I've do, did this whole series of like uh, installations and that I've been working on. So each each idea has a different voice. So I, I kind of found like, hey, you know, as much as I can do like a, a painting of, of the MMIW cause, I, you know, conversely, like I could also do a full fashion line, which I did and reach, you know, almost half a million people for this message. And, you know, so it's kind of like uh, it's every platform. So yeah, it started there and it just, I don't know, it just kind of took off. You know, it's just, it's one of those deals. It's like shots on goal. You're going to try all these different things until, you know, something, uh, you know, catches on that type of thing. And for me, it's not about like, Hey, I, I, I want to do this because I want to, you know, fame and all that or money or whatever. And for me, it's, I, ha I have to create, you know, it's, it's for my, it's for my therapy. It's for my, my peace of mind, because coming back from those tours, you know, I almost lost myself and I did a whole series. Uh, it was shown in New York, um, uh, down in Chelsea and, uh, it's an abstract expressionism kind of delved into the 22 suicides a day from veterans. And that was the first time I jumped into art as advocacy as far as like, hey, this is a topic that's out there and it's actually impacting me as well because I almost lost my own self throughout this. And from there, it kind of just, you know, evolved. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, art is a huge therapy creating. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another idea too, like look at the pandemic, like you would think and immediately everyone's like, all right, so economic shutdown, we're going to get rid of all the artwork. Who needs art? Who needs podcasts, right? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's one of those ones, but as we got into the third month, the fourth month, the fifth month, you know, we started, and also as Native Americans, it's like one of those ones where like, it's part of our culture. It's part of, you know, hey, we, we do this storytelling. It's, we do this artistic creation and it goes back to the healing. Like right now, there's a, there's a, you know, big push, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of interest in the, the, the artwork that I'm doing. And I, for me, I picture it as, Hey, like people are either, they need a distraction from the number of COVID cases every day, or they're actually finding some, some solace in this, you know? So I, I, I'm a big proponent of it that, you know, we, art has a place. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like you said, um, it's really important to, I mean, we all, consume art in one way or another so we need to prioritize the people that make the art and it's uh really you know it's really important in our our cult you know as a human as human beings in general but and like you said especially for native culture it's intertwined in the way you hold your traditions and everything so uh anyway uh, so <laughs> I guess I get on to the next question of, so how, and you kind of touched on this, but how do you stay connected to your culture? Um, or what does it mean to you to be Osage? Um, I'm a straight dancer. So okay. I, yeah, I do my ceremonies a part of the native American church as well. So that's for me, um, they have the Alonchka, which is our war dances. So that, you know, it defines me 
in in that way that you know hey i'm also a modern native american but it's you know i'm here on navajo nation there's a lot of full bloods on my tribe there's there's like three full bloods left you know it's like it's hard to really define that and everyone can say well let's you know we need to go back to our, our we have our traditions we have our ways but we also have to be progressive i think and and i'm one of the i don't know, new natives or however you want to call it because uh, you know i'm i'm half you know in my blood and i'm also i found out i thought i was italian for a long time you know and then i took the dna test and i'm like welsh and a lot more english than i thought so it's like one of those deals it's like i mean we're we're, we're americans you know we're it's it's the definition of it so it's this combination but yeah i'm definitely inspired by my native culture and you know i still uh, go to, you know, they canceled the ceremonies th this year, but next year I, I do participate in all those. So it's, it's one of those ones, it's a balance of, you know, the tradition and the future. Yeah. You know, it's like there, there has to be there. Like we still have to have those voices as Native Americans, you know, that's embedded in and, and you know, it, what's someone saying? Like either you're inspired by Native Americans or you're an inspired Native, you know, like oh, it's yeah. the, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, this is my culture and this is I so identify with it. But as a person as well, you got to you know understand what world you're living in as well. So I don't know. I, I just take those. Uh, I look to the future as well, you know, but yeah. by knowing my past, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. Uh, so you you mentioned here that uh, you're part of the Native American church um, now. Not a lot of people know that it is uh, that what Native American church is, what Native American church is, and that it's like na nationwide. And uh, I mean, it's not just like one tribe is doing this; it's all it's all over the place. Um, could you explain a little bit about the Native American church? Uh, for me, it's it's a connection with our spirit and you know the Creator, and uh, it like you said, it's it's. It, passes through a lot of different tribes and that's how we in my mind how we connect and it's maybe the, the clan system too because i always thought about that like i'm eagle clan and then out here in navajo they have a lot of like four different clans each person but like different tribes of montana for instance there are eagle clans so there's like it's like our adopted cousins so I, for me the native mature native american church is to connect to you know the ethereal the spiritual side of things and as a veteran, I'm very happy that, you know, I fought in these wars so that we can protect all these different religions and that we have this freedom to, to do, what, you know, because a lot of times they'd be like, okay, that could be like paganism or that could be like, you know, all these kind of like subversive type of cultural uh, traditions. But I'm very glad that, you know, I'm able to still um, participate as much as I can. You know, I, I grew up with it and it's one of those ones I, I need to definitely refocus on. But yeah, that's what it means to me. Nice. Cool. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll move on to our, our next question here, uh, which is uh, how do you navigate through this colonized space with your customs, language, traditions in mind in order to succeed at your job, uh, your field of hobby, or your passion? I think it goes back to the warrior spirit. It might yeah. sound cliche, but if you live with uh, fear and burden on your heart, I mean, you're going to be, you'll be, anxious and you'll be over analytical so you just gotta be fearless know what you want and be passionate about it you know just take what you want it goes back to freedom i talked about it just a second ago like embrace it 
like I've traveled, I've gone through four passports. I've been around the planet a couple of times. I've been in some interesting areas and what we have here and in, in this construct is, is, I mean, we gotta be grateful and take advantage. You know, a lot of people are like, Hey, this is horrible. I don't have my unemployment or all this checks from the government. It's like, I lived in a village in Afghanistan. They were making $400 a year, you know, like a year, like the, they're one of the lowest ones there. So it's like, um, it's hard for me to like, you know, people, so to navigate it, not worry what anybody thinks, you know, just nice. do, I have my, my pan, my plan, my passion. And if it, it you know, it, wherever it goes, it, it makes me happy. It's a little, you know, altruistic in a way, but, um, yeah. You know, it's it's not about like, hey, let's get this name out there. It's yeah, it's for me to survive and my therapy so that I can you know raise my daughter, um, be with my family, with my wife, that type of thing. So I'm content. You know, that's how I do that. But can't I, I can't let anybody kind of just you know judge or direct as well. I mean, I gotta be a step of, you know, ahead of, of uh, the development of these ideas. So um, yeah, and shots on goal too. Like, uh, not all of my work is. Perfecto, as I used to say. <laughs> so it's like, hey, uh, like uh, you should have seen some of the first designs that we had for the skirts. They look kind of rugged, but it's just, you know, keep on, keep on. Yeah, like don't let that uh, outside stuff distract you. Like stay grounded yeah. in your own passion and, like you said, your own plan for yourself. I love that. Uh, yeah, you were you're touching on a, uh, uh, you're traveling around the world and. So whenever you're traveling around there, what, what was your experience like being uh, uh, a Native American in those different areas? What, how, uh, how do you uh, describe that uh, to other people? Well, it's one of those ones. It's uh, force protection is uh, one of the things they used to say in the military. Uh, you gotta, it's like a chameleon a little bit. You got to know time and place. Like I, I was in some places in uh, former Russia where probably wouldn't have been a good idea to tell them that I was... Uh, a USA, US citizen, that type of thing. But, you know, being said, hey, I am Native American and there's so much cliches out there. I mean, the Pocahontas, the, you know, it's, it's just, and then sometimes, you know, some people, I, I mean, I lived in Iceland too. Uh, a lot of people really interested and like, honestly, like good conversations with them. But it's one of those ones, it's uh, a lot of people are just, it's very, uh, the perception of Native America globally seems to be uh, fairly commercial. And, um, and there are some good people out there who really honestly want to you know, understand and all that. So it's one of those ones. It's, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't wear it on my shoulder, that type of thing, but it's uh, time and place. Uh, I had some ceremonies when I was in Afghanistan for people that, you know, that we lost that type of thing. I think it was useful. You know, it's like a military, they, they embrace all different religions and all that, all different cultures. So um, I was able to, you know, with my crew, with my team, show them, you know, here and there, that type of thing. And those that had genuine interest, uh, you know, I explained as best I could with those with some sort of weird perspective on it. I just kind of like press on and be like, Hey, yeah. you might, you might want to read a book or something. You know? so, <laughs> might want to learn a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, what, uh, what branch of the military were you a part of? I was Air Force. Air Force. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. So a crash fire rescue, um, did, you know, Response to, I was on a nuke base for a long time and then we did response, uh, helicopters, airplanes that crashed out in the middle of nowhere and we go get them and that type of thing. And then I was a DOD uh, contract for a long time. So then just took off the uniform, same job, just 
little more freedom, a little more money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it was interesting. It was 12 years downrange. So it was uh, since right before 9-11 I was in, I joined in 2000 and then I finally finished up in 2012. Okay. Well, that's Ooh. a long time. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit here. Um, you talked about, uh, displaying your, your, uh, your art. Like the, you said that the, the handprint back there is going to be going into a museum. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and you also mentioned that, uh, you had some stuff up in New York, I believe you said. Oh, he did. Yeah. yeah oh, you, yeah, you had yeah, some yeah. stuff up, Sorry, yeah. uh, in New York. Um, can you like, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about how you went about getting this, uh, platform and, uh, where people could actually go and see all this work. Like when, whenever that comes up, where, where can we see that? Yeah. So it's my, um, my other website that I have, um, Dante Bis Grayson. And, uh, it, that was all just networking as well. Like I, even though I was in the military overseas, 12 years, I didn't do a lot of art. I did a lot of writing during that time. So when I got back, uh, 2012, I just started painting studio again. And, um, it was just all networking, reach out again, shot on goal. Like the New York show, um, that, that was out of, out of the blue. And I have a couple of collectors out there. So, um, maybe that, that helped out. And then, uh, Santa Fe, you know, I, I was born in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, okay. So I grew up there and a lot of art there. Um, Santa Fe Indian market. Um, I've been doing that now. I keep selling out on that show. And then the museums, like this year, it was just uh, people reaching out to me. Um, I was a part of a few museum shows in Santa Fe and sold some work there. And uh, yeah, the museum show, it's just a matter, I've known, I've known the director there for a while. And the show, she reached out and, you know, hey, you know, thoughts on things. So I'm always happy to help. It's one of those yeah. deals, you know, like sometimes I hate to say it, art world gets a little ego, little big heads. Yeah. And they're like, hey, I'm not, it's not worthy of, you know, my, it, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't get into any of that. It's like, it's, if somebody's totally interested in it, I mean, I've, right now I'm up for a piece that's going to sell for like $50,000, right? Wow. And that's probably the, is the biggest sell that I'll, I'll have in, in my, you know, since I started doing art. But I've also done a lot of commissions, people who just love my work. And I'm like, hey, what's your, I'll, I'll work with you. What's your budget? You know, if they, if they genuinely want, artwork or design, you know, I work with people a lot. So I think that that really helps because it just kind of, um, I don't know, it, it just communicates, you know, genuine, like it's, yeah. I don't want to be like one of these pompous artists, yeah. to be honest, you know, it could be very easy. My, my dad, he was a pompous artist, <laughs> <laughs> but he was also really famous and he sold his work and all that. And, uh, you know, it, he was, uh, he was a fun guy to be around, but he was number one in his mind. So it was, yeah. it was one of those ones. It's like, I learned a lot from him, how to paint. I was his apprentice and all that up in Aspen, but it was one of those worlds. It's like, I always told myself, I'm going to be humble, you know, like, yeah. and uh, you know, it's like, I, I have fun with it too. You know, it's like, it's, it's nice to have that recognition, but it, I, I want to make sure to teach my daughter to, you know, don't let these things go to your head. You should always be genuine and, you know, straightforward. I don't care if you got a million dollars or $1, you're still a person, you know? Yes, I, that's really important. Um, I really respect you for that. Um, because the art world <laughs> specifically can be very exclusionary, exclusive, exclusionary. Um, and I, I really like that you're so inclusive and work with anyone that wants that's truly interested in your art and you donate a lot and, you know, give back, um, 
that's just you don't see that a lot um especially for someone who is as successful as you with art so um i really appreciate that like Thank that you. yeah it's interesting really too. it's even more highlighted in the whole fashion world because uh -huh. I'm, I'm a total anomaly like yeah i, I did a show up in uh canada for uh sovereign bodies institute and um, I had to ask if it was okay for a guy to enter the show. Like, and uh, I, it was like, it was only women, it was only LGBT. And I was like, is it okay for me? I'm, a, I'm like, I don't fit in the category, or, but I'm still, I'm still a creator, you know? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem, you know? So it's one of those ones that's cool, interesting world. There's some really good native designers out there, but it's one of those ones that's kind of, I can see like, uh, it's just like, they're like, how, how, how did you do this? You know, like, it's yeah. like, just like, Hey, it's, it's one of those ones, you know, like I, I enjoy all facets of, you know, the art world, that type of thing. So it just so happens that the fashion designs uh, really, I don't know, it, it was a nice little, little surprise. And I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it too. Like, I mean, this next line, I mean, I'm doing men's jackets for a, a movie. And then um, my, my sister, they're, they're doing the Scorsese is doing a, a movie with DiCaprio and De Niro uh, on my reservation. So it's one of those ones like, um, I, it'd be awesome if they could pick up one of my skirts or my paintings, you know, it's, it's all like these networks back and forth. So it's, uh, it just takes time, you know, and, and for me to be doing fashion, you know, it's, it's kind of eye opening. I, I mean, my wife laugh about it a little bit sometimes because we look at like Zoolander and how they, they're like so super serious about yeah. it, you know, the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I will never be that serious about yeah. this. You know, if, if I get this serious, I need to quit. So yeah. it's not, like, we're not curing cancer over here. You yeah. know, like, they got to slow down. Yeah. And, and it's not my main, my main art field either. So I can, I can laugh about it a little bit, but yeah, I, I take my painting super seriously too. Though. <laughs> um, that's it what uh so the you said there's a scorsese is that, is that how you say it scorsese uh movie on your yeah, it's gonna be on, yeah are you is that where you're what you're making the jackets for uh no there was another movie uh oh, called okay. into the wolves um and they're, they're gonna be doing um it's about mmiw and all that oh so yeah i'm gonna be doing some designs for them but no the 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 movie there uh killers of the flower moon it was a book okay. and um it's about and i kind of touched on a little bit my tribe i mean they moved down from kansas missouri bought some land in oklahoma and, and lo and behold biggest oil deposit ever you know and we were the richest per capita bigger than the saudis that type of thing so but then all these white guys go in there they married the women started murdering everybody and it was like the second case of the fbi as it formed together so pretty unique story and even me I mean I finally read the book and it was happening up until like 1980 where these murders so it kind of like goes hand in hand with like the MMIW where this 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 culture of I don't know this disregard for other humans you know their lives at, for money greed and so it's one of those deals it's like it's pretty intense and then they're doing this movie um, like, like big huge movie and my sister is down there with a the gallery and all that so I mean gonna go see how that's gonna work out but i'm glad they're they're doing it finally you know to bring out another and maybe it'll bring more awareness to the mmiw because yeah it's just you know like you can't just kill people you know like yeah. you can't just treat people like it's not this isn't a war zone you know it's like it's it's ridiculous and we just need more awareness out there 
it's a good project though. It's one of those ones that's uh, just helping out where I can, different yeah. projects. Cool. Um, what kind of jackets are you going to make? Like, what is uh, the... Men's suit jackets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I, I designed a few so far. I just got to work on the... It's a little di- different than a skirt, the tailoring yeah. of the side and all that. Yeah. So, but also, um, right before the pandemic, I applied for a actual fashion show. Oh. So, yeah, I've been getting ready for that as well. I, I'm not sure if I'll get accepted, but eventually uh, I'll, I'll show. There's a couple, like, masterpiece gowns, as I call them, wow. that, I've been, that I've been designing, and a lot of, like, black on black, and just kind of, because I, I find, you know, like, some of the, if you look at, like, the fashion world, some of the designs are pretty far out there, and uh, I, I like that. You know, it's yeah. like Salvador Dali a little bit, uh, the paintings, yeah. but there's also, like, a classiness to it, too, so um yeah i want to i've been designing a few of those i mean they're going to be like really large gowns kind of uh, i don't know kind of out there designs but cool. they're, they're fun yeah cool i love i love uh looking at high fashion stuff so um i'm really excited to see what you got yep. <laughs> when uh when is that fashion show going to be or like if you're able to talk about it like what is what fashion show well, as soon as the pandemic's over, right? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. True. So, I guess, yeah. All the fashion shows are virtual right now. Yeah, and it's uh, it's one of those ones. It's it's just some things I think you need to see in person, and then some virtual. It's like everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what that, that means and how how we do that. So uh, I'm gonna apply to the uh, Santa Fe Indian Market. Um, there's a fashion show that they do. Okay. So I want, I'm gonna apply there to see, and I already got the proposal. You know, all these different sketches and i'm actually just going to be uh you know designing and producing the 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 main uh dresses and the gowns and all that so um even if even if i don't have a show i mean i'm sure somebody will yeah. wear them eventually you know yeah. like, it's, it's, they're, they're super fun you know cool i'll buy them if i have enough money no, i'm uh, uh, I'll give you a podcast discount okay <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh so, um, do you want to read the next question? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we are actually at our last question here. Um, oh, yeah, we are, huh? So, what do you wish to let our audience know about your uh, community or tribe, or Just, what kind of final thoughts do you have uh, about it? Anything that uh, we've talked about, or anything at all in general? <laughs> well, we talked open. about a lot. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say, I mean, the main thing for for Native America. Uh, Indian country, uh, how, however we, we, we look at it, our identity is is important. Embrace, you know, the culture, but also, I mean, we can be, we can be dynamic as well. It doesn't yeah. have to be, uh, I look at my paintings and it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be teepees and all this, you know, it's like it has, it can be emotional. We can, it, does it even have to be the nomenclature of a Native American? Yeah. You know, it, it's, we're, we're all people, that type of thing. And then to use, you know, advocacy, art as as action you know going back to that theme that it's possible you know like it's very possible to i'm happy it's a success you know that we, we've gotten the word out if everybody does their part you know we can you know mitigate this issue you know the MLIW epidemic is is definitely an issue so uh, i'm gonna hit the ground running as, as soon as you know the pandemic's over and we can start marching again and hopefully everybody will have one of my skirts i'll go give them a whole bunch at these rallies and all that so that you know go to dc and make the make sure legislation happens 
because it's a trust responsibility for you know native peoples uh, westerners came over took the land with the agreement that hey we're gonna you know take care of you guys so by not addressing it i don't think they're they're uh, holding up their part of the deal that type yeah. of thing so you know i want to be able to go in there um, make sure that our voice is heard and yeah. that action action happens you know and I, that's the takeaway from it that any platform it just takes time design it whatever your passion is and just go with it yeah yeah great thank Thanks. you yeah that's really important it oh, is i uh i actually while you were talking i uh before everything like our computer shut down and everything i was going to ask this uh question um <laughs> about because uh, you did earlier you stated that you were kind of an anomaly and that uh there, there isn't really a lot of men in the the fashion realm and especially like designing um, these kind of skirts and uh, different things. Can you uh, give like some uh, words of uh, encouragement or uh, to other people to get out of their comfort zone and like do this kind of stuff or what, 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 how do you, how do you do this kind of stuff? I mean, I I look at it. I mean, if you mentioned high fashion there for a second, I mean, if you look at some of the big design houses, it's there's a lot, a lot of guys of men. There. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely you know, a lot of guys there yeah. and, then, and then i mean, like before the military i used to work um, as an apprentice uh, for a chef and you look at you know that that realm it's like there, it's it's an art to create food a really fine dining that type of thing so i, I just say i mean embrace your freedom so you know like i didn't go downrange for three thousand days for nothing you know like <laughs> yeah. might as well cash in and go vote i don't care democrat republican do what you need to do but we're, we're lucky it's all a perspective i mean i always think about you know monty python the always look on the bright side of your life because yeah. i've seen people out there and they got a lot worse than a lot of people so you know take the bull by the horn and you know just live your passion live embrace your freedom you know i love it make it happen yeah awesome yeah, yeah. just be free do yeah. you i love that do you boo? <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh dante's doing him you do you uh, well, thank you so much, Dante, for talking to us. Yeah. Um, that was so a lot of great, just a great conversation we had. And uh, we learned a lot about, like, you have a lot going on in your life. And it's really awesome. It's, like, inspiring, you know, and Thanks. the way that you give back. And you're just super humble about it. And I love it. Um, uh, so, oh, yeah. what? Where can we, did we already go over where we can find find your stuff? Or what's your handle on Instagram and other uh, platforms or your website? Uh, I know you said your one search. website, but yeah, uh, I went over the website. So Dante Biss Grayson and all the the sites will come up, and then cool, cool. Uh, Sky Eagle Collection, um, yeah. that'll come up. It's like the first search. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Pop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll pop right up. So, but yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for taking the time, and all that, of and uh, I wish you the best on on this podcast and all that. Uh, thank you. So, thank you so thank much. You so. Uh, I really appreciate it, and thank you so much for your patience too. <laughs> You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. See ya. Okay, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, listening to that as much as we enjoyed talking to Dante. Uh, yeah, we had a little te- technical difficulty there. <laughs> uh, our computer decided to uh, uh, restart on us in mid uh, interview. So, I mean, Dante uh, was super gracious and uh, yeah, patient with us. We so. really appreciate him for <laughs> uh, being so patient with us. Uh, so if you're watching the video, um, 
you'll see that there that the camera kind of changes a little bit um and it's because of that but if uh, you're just listening to the uh audio maybe you didn't notice anything <laughs> probably won't notice anything um but anyways uh we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode and uh, so go ahead, and if you want to find out more information, uh, check out our website, www.asmudgeforyourthoughts.com. And from there, you can find us and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, if you would, if you or anyone you know would like to be on this podcast, uh, please fill out our simple form that you can find on the website, uh, or you can always email us at a, at, not a, at contact at asmuchforyourthoughts.com. Uh, <laughs> and then we would like to thank Mary Kay for designing our logo uh, and shout out 8th Generation for our backdrop. I mean, they did not provide us this, but they, um, we just love what they stand for. They are inspired natives, not native inspired. And thank you, Okimauki Hugh, for the great words in our song. He, in our intro he, song. Yeah. Uh, our intro song. Uh, he gave me these words of wisdom whenever I was just a young guy. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much. All right. With that, I'll leave you with Big Wadman. All right. See, see you later. later.